Hi, my name is Chloe Roberts, and I wanted to welcome you to the Huddle Up podcast, hosted by my parents, Chris and Sarah Roberts. Huddle up as we hear from our sports families about their story and God's. Hey, everybody. Welcome to this month's Huddle Up. We are so excited to introduce you guys to an amazing couple this month, Dexter and Chris Bell. They have some of the coolest jobs, and you guys are going to be so um, encouraged by their story. And Dexter is a professional stuntman. He's an actor and a producer. He kind of does it all. Chris is an NCAA referee and head nutritionist for the Red Bull sponsored athletes. You will see some of her athletes compete in the 2021 Olympics, and we're going to get to talk about that today, which I'm super excited about. This couple is passionate about their work, their family, and of course, Jesus. We cannot wait for you to hear their stories, but before we get into their stories, let's get into God's. So let's talk about some heroes before we get going. We all have heroes. We all had them growing up, and and especially as kids, you have your sports heroes, and I know a couple that really stick out to me was one, Michael Jordan, because everybody loved Mike. And the second was Brett Favre. Man, I loved Brett Favre. Just the way he played the game, the way he carried himself, his reckless abandon. I just loved Brett Favre. You even had the number four. I did. I, As, wore, I wore number four in high school because that was what Brett Favre wore. I know. It, okay, what, what was it about Michael Jordan and Brett Favre I know you said some of the things, but is there anything else that just? I think they were just, they were great leaders Mm. and, and obviously they were talented and they led in different ways, but you could tell they were sacrificial and they really served their teams in the way they just gave all of themselves. You know, it's funny that you say Michael Jordan, because you and I just had a very heated argument (laughs) the other day about the greatest player of all time. Because I say it is Michael Jordan because he is my favorite player. Um, So I'm a little bit of a homer. I love him. But you say LeBron James. And you guys, when I say heated, like we didn't talk for like at least 20 minutes after because we were so (laughs) – we we were so – Right. We both thought that we were so I'm right. trying to be objective over it. I'm trying not to be a homer. So that's where I'm coming from. So so um, anybody out there who is Team Michael Jordan versus Team LeBron, if your house is divided, then you are not alone because obviously so is ours. So I'm not sure you get to say that Michael Jordan is a hero if you're not even going to okay. say he's the okay. best of all I'm, time. I'm moving on because this is going to get heated again. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about. A, a spiritual hero, one that you and I have loved and mm. followed, and that's Billy Graham. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was just an amazing man, um, just couldn't soak up enough of his knowledge and his wisdom. And, you know, we named uh, one of our boys, Case Graham. You know, we, his middle name is Graham because of Billy Graham. And, and you actually uh, served one of his crusades. I did. When he came to Oklahoma, it was one of his last ones. And there was a sign up at at our church uh, to to volunteer at his crusades. And I'm telling you to this day, it was one of the most amazing experiences, a highlight of of my life to be able to be down at the front. And when he gave the altar call, the, the picture, I can still see it in my head. When he gave the altar call, 
he just dropped to his knees and started praying and people just started coming and, and hearing their stories when they came forward and, and watching Jesus come alive in them um, at this crusade. It really was, it's one of the reasons why he is one of our spiritual heroes. And so he used to tell this story uh, in a lot of time, in a lot of his um, crusades. So I kind of want to share this story. It's, it's a really good story, really good message. So there was a man who became shipwrecked on a deserted island years ago. He managed to build himself a hut to live in and with it stored the possessions he was able to salvage from his boat after the wreck. He'd watch every day for some sign of a ship or airplane passing by. He prayed for God to help. Some days he would get discouraged and wonder if he would ever have to get off that island. But still, he prayed. One day he was on the other end of the island and noticed some smoke coming from the direction of his hut. He ran as fast as he could back to the hut, and his fears were realized. Everything he owned was just destroyed in a fire. He asked God, why did you have this happen? He didn't understand. Later that day, a ship appeared at the island and rescued him. They told him that they were on their plotted course, but saw the smoke in the distance and thought the smoke was a signal for help. Here's the thing. We can all have those seasons in life when we ask the questions to God. Why? And where? Why is this happening to us? And where are you, God? Why are bad things going on? And we can all be asking that question in, in the years 2020 and 2020 run right, right now. Mary and Martha understood this question and asked it to Jesus himself after the death of their brother Lazarus. You see, they had asked Jesus to come and heal Lazarus because he was sick. But as it says in John chapter 11, verse five, although Jesus loved Mary, Martha and Lazarus, he stayed where he was for the next two days. They asked him to come and he stayed. They asked him to heal the sickness and he didn't. Just because Jesus loves us doesn't mean he will do everything we ask him to do. Not because he's trying to punish us for something we have done wrong, but to show us his ways are always right. Martha met Jesus with a disappointment and discouragement in her voice. And she came to him and she asked in John chapter 11, verse 20, 22. So it says, when Martha got word that Jesus was coming, she went to meet him. Lord, if only you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now, I know that God will give you whatever you ask. Maybe, just maybe, you are in that season when God just seems to be silent. Remember this, God's silence does not equal his absence. Two things that we can learn from this story. Number one, know without a shadow of a doubt that Jesus loves you. That will never change. Don't question his love because you are not getting the answers that you want. John chapter five, verse 17 says, my father is always working and so am I. So when we ask God, what are you doing? His answer will always be, I am am working. Why? Because he loves you. The second thing that we can learn from this story is don't stop meeting with him. Don't stop meeting with Jesus. In the midst of Martha's greatest pain, she still came to meet with Jesus. In tough seasons, we can often run away when God wants us to run too. Run to him with our pain. Run to him with our questions. Run to him because even in our greatest pain, we are met by his presence. We want to welcome Dex and Chris Bell to Huddle Up. Hello. Hello. 
We're so excited to have you guys, and we are so excited to just let um, our listeners and the world hear you all stories, and uh, we, we couldn't be more excited yeah. tonight. Thank you so much for coming on oh, with us. This yeah. is awesome. I think the only thing that would make it better is if we could actually hug you in person, but right? <laughs> I know. Some, uh, soon. Hopefully, yeah, hopefully soon, soon, right? Hopefully we're coming out of this. Okay, so um, three questions that we are asking, that we ask all of our guests, um, to, to get to know you guys a little bit um, before we get started is how did you all meet? How long have you been married? And tell us about your family. Okay, awesome. So um, Dex and I met um, when I was 19. I'm 36 now, so it was 17 years ago. Um, I was a baby and I just finished my sophomore year of college, but a lot of my girlfriends lived in the Seattle area. And so we, um, to celebrate, like after being done with our sophomore year, we went up to Vancouver, Canada, cause it was only like a two hour drive from Seattle. So we went up and it was me and three girlfriends. We went up for 24 hours cause we were dead broke and that's all we could afford in a hotel. And, um, so we decided to get ready and we went out on the town that night and, um, we went to a couple places and one person told us like, Hey, across town, you should go check out this. It was like a restaurant kind of bar type thing. And do you keep in mind in Canada, you can go out and drink at 19. So we were like, oh, we're going to go, we're going to party it up at 19. So we went up there and we went into this place and we did like one lap and we're like, wow, this place has old people because they were like 28. And so we're like, we're going to, we're out of here. Old. Old people. So we did a lap and as we weren't there for longer than five minutes and all of my friends were ahead of me. And as I was kind of like trailing behind them. Um, Dex, Dex's friend was holding the door. Dex was walking through, I was walking out and we literally bumped into each other. Um, so it was, it's always a joke because I felt like I bounced off his arm because it didn't feel like a normal arm. It was extra hard. And so without even knowing him, I like grabbed his arm. I was like, oh my gosh, that doesn't even feel like an arm. And he laughed and I was like, you have got to flex for my friends. Like, this is crazy. So he's laughing and that like. Does, that does a lot for your ego right there, Dex, right? That has to. Uh, back then. Like, <laughs> I mean, it, what a line, Chris. What a line. It really, was. it really was. It was like a reaction. I didn't even like hesitate to say it, which I would not do that now. Um, uh, but I was young and free and 19 years old. So I'm glad I said it because I was like, I will play you paper, rock, scissors. And if I win, you have to flex for my friends because he kept refusing. And I won because I win at a lot of things. <laughs> and so um, they, I called my friends back in and they were just laughing. And we joked and maybe had like a two minute exchange, but my girlfriend is very forthright. And she's like, we have a cab outside. Her name is Kristen, takes Dex's phone, puts my number in it and pulls my arm and I leave. And I don't think anything of it. Um, I was just like, oh, he was really like charming. That was a fun exchange, but I didn't think much of it. So um, we ended up the night, went back to um, Seattle. And the next day, Dex um, just texts like, hey, that was funny. You know, if you ever happen to be back, hit me up. I'm like, yeah, if you ever, you know, happen to be in Seattle or something, then you never know what'll happen. So um, about a week, no, yeah, shortly after, there was um, an inspirational biblical email. And back then, instead of being able to share it on Facebook, you like forward it on all your email address book. So I did that. Dex happened to be on it. So he was like, hey, thanks so much. My mom's kind of sick right now. I didn't really want to go out the night that we met. Um, but a friend took me out to lift my spirits. Um, and you were, you know, part of, um, part of making my night better. So I happened to call him and we talked for four hours. 
And he's like, are you sure that you have like an international plan? I'm like, oh yeah, like I can talk for whatever. I don't, I didn't want to hang up. And then I got my phone bill and it was $700. Oh my God. I was nauseous for like three days, but I was too embarrassed to tell him. And that was more than my rent back then. And it took me so long to pay it off because you have to like pay for international minutes. And I was calling Canada. So he still owes me that money. (laughs) (laughs) So fast forward. It sounds like he warned you. It sounds like he texts, right? Whose side are you on? I I, I try. Yeah. So from there we kept in touch. And then a couple months later, we decided to meet up at a football game. Um, And then it really, it turned into a really awesome phone friendship for over, Mm -hmm. over a year. So kind Mm -hmm. of like fast forward to, um, to now you, your, your next question was, um, and that's a very long story condensed, Mm but, um, your next question. Oh, thanks. (laughs) The next question is how long, so we've been together 17 years, but we said how long you married, not together. Right. Mm -hmm. How long have you been married? Yeah. How long have you been married? Okay. So we just celebrated our 10th year wedding anniversary. Mm-hmm. So together 17, married for 10. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Awesome. And then tell us about your sweet little family. Oh, I love it. It's been a big delight. <laughs> Sorry. Um, got little baby Kai Kai. She was two and a half, Kyra. And, and Dominic, he's five and a half. So, so um, I, want, I, want to, I want people to hear it here for the first time, that Dom is going to win American <laughs> Ninja Warrior. <laughs> Chalk it up right now. He's gonna be a YouTube sensation or something if he already isn't. Um, mm. And he is, he is quite, he's quite the amazing little five-year-old little ninja. And for those who want proof, you can mm-hmm. go at, at Dominic Kingston Bell on Instagram. Please follow him. Yeah. There's my there's my tag. Um yeah, he is just he's got some he, skills. He, he does got some skills. He's kind he of definitely like, gifted. Yeah, we'll see, we'll see what he does with it. Yeah. See what he does. And hopefully we can nourish it, harness it and let the world see it at some point. Yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah. I'm excited to it's just an honor to kind of like have a front row seat to this kid because He's, he's, he's got some, well, we, and we love watching it. We uh, love watching it from afar. So we, we, you tell Dom, we gave him a little plug. Oh yeah. And we're, I'm saving this now. <laughs> awesome. So today in our devotion, we talked about sports and spiritual heroes. Can you guys tell us some of uh, your heroes uh, in your life, just in sports and in spiritual realm? Yeah, so I was kind of, I thought this was a cool question. I thought we'd kind of like break it up. And um, I think one of the spiritual heroes that, you know, that we can all kind of reflect on is, is the story of Esther in the Bible. Um, I feel like this story of Esther is a good example of someone that's just an ordinary person, like many people that Jesus takes and and does amazing things with. Um, You know, she had, she was taken captive. And she was ultimately put in a position where she would inevitably die or her people would die. Um, but because she trusted God and she continued to have that faith, she had the courage to be able to um, go to the king and save herself and save her people. And it had Esther not um, carefully kind of like carved this plan and taken the initiative to see it through, this whole story would have ended much differently, right? And more people would have, um, and more people would have died. So I was thinking like when you put it into perspective for something in our lives today, 
Like you, you've got to believe that the impossible will never be possible if you don't take that leap of faith, mm. whether you're an entrepreneur, if you're a parent, if you're moving to a new state, um, you have to jump off a building like Dexter for just like your everyday job, whatever mm. it is, like all of this requires so much faith and kind of like having that leap of faith. And it's always, you know, a bit scary, but courage breeds courage. And it's something that we can continue to build. And it's, it's like a muscle, but the more that we practice it um, and the more we're going to be able to be excellent at it. And I believe that it's just, it's truly amazing, amazing things in our lives have come when we step out of our comfort zone. Like it's a constant challenge and it's a daily like self-talk routine to be comfortable with being uncomfortable. And I find like more that I can continue to be comfortable with being uncomfortable um, the more blessings that God kind of breeds in our life. I love that. Courage breeds courage. Mm -hmm. That's, That's right. so good. So good. Dex? For me, um, I took the athlete question. And um, I mean, I have to really think back because obviously there have been so many notable athletes over the years. Um, all of like Muhammad Ali, for one, just mm -hmm. for, for a myriad of reasons. But um, to bring it up to 2021 20, speed now, I definitely have to go with LeBron James. Um, I mean, it, it's, it's one of those people either love him or hate him just because of his, his, his basketball prowess to date and especially the, the, the GOAT debate with, with, with Michael and that, that's another conversation to be had. I know <laughs> whichever side to be had. But for me, I, I, it's funny because looking back at um, my high school um, yearbook, I was like, oh, favorite athlete, this and that. I still had Michael Jordan and just because like everyone back then, I had the posters and everything else. But as you grow older, um, your opinion and your views on things change. So I've been talking to friends and I go, for me, he kind of escalated and, and slid into that GOAT position for me, not just basketball-wise, because we can debate the finer points of that, and I have a lot of reasons where I'll go there. But I think the thing that put it over the top for me is um, just hearing more about his, his story, and in, especially in this yeah. day and age, what he's grown up to be, even yeah. everything that was put on him from a young age. And I was telling friends, I mean, like I said, we can go through the statistics, but I said, you heard it yourself, even from someone as, as, as highly towards as Michael, to say he felt just burnt out at the end. He just kind of felt burnt out, and that's why he retired and came back and did again everything from social media, or there was no social media like this, but just the pressures of life and everything else being in the public eye. And I said, just imagine what it would be tenfold right now. Mm -hmm. um, things that I just have a, a great respect for him, for a young athlete, to overcome what he, his mother had him at 16, I believe. Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously, you know, they they definitely didn't have much. And mm -hmm. to stay, I, I know just from friends, and we've, we've heard the stories a million times over, the people who grew up under those conditions, it's so easy to get swayed to the other side. Um, seeing what he's overcome and just keep his family unit intact, staying with the, the same girl he's with from way back then and, and then taking his boys with him. A lot of people have tag, tag along and followers who um, kind of ride their coattails as they reach that level of stardom, but he actually helped cultivate them and uh, give them them. Yeah. Forward to and said, Hey, we're going to build something together instead of just taking what they give you is these guys are going to help you grow and start throwing people at you he grew his his crew and they each came into their own and now they're doing their own thing i just think it's a magnificent yeah. story and 
obviously the I Promise School. I mean, tuition-free transportation, school, free breakfast, GED program. Like, he's done so much for communities. And then, you know, there's outreach just with everything going on, um, you know, like to, to not be scared to walk that gray area and, and mix the, the sports with the policies and the politics and all these humanitarian efforts to this day and age. A lot of people would be concerned about the dollars and that's it. Mm sponsorship endorsements but he's like no that's what puts him over michael to me just that yeah, to say yeah. you know money's money it comes and goes if i have a platform i'm going to use it and speak out what he feels of the injustices and things like that so i just have all the respect in the world for him and hope he stays um on that trajectory and just keeps going we actually talk about that in our in yeah, our well, devotion. We, we talked about in the devotion. We talked about the uh, LeBron versus Michael debate. Really? Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. So okay. that's the, it'd be really funny when you listen to that. But yeah, I I, I love that about LeBron. I mean, so many people repeat uh, what they grown up knowing, and the fact that, that the, the husband and dad that he seems to be um, yes is just it, it's awesome, and it's mm-hmm. it's. It, it's awesome to see. So, it, and he's taken that platform, and we call that influence. Like he, yeah. he has yeah. taken that platform that he has, and he is saying, you know yeah. what, I, I'm going to use it for a positive influence, for positive yeah. change. So yeah. it, that has been so, neat to watch. Yeah. So let, next, so let me get into. You, you, both of you guys have like awesome career paths and <laughs> very unique. Uh, so I'm gonna start with you, Dex. So. You're a professional stuntman, you're a movie producer, you're a writer, you're an actor. I mean, I literally want to be you someday. So <laughs> you are like one of the people I know. So but kind of, I know like on the outside looking in, I mean, I, I don't know that world at all, but can you kind of give some, um, maybe some cool opportunities you have in that and maybe some of the challenges that, that people don't really realize? Now, I guess I could take that in a number of ways. The challenges and the opportunities just strictly career-wise, are we talking outside of it, the, the, what specifically, anything? When you say that, the challenges that have come from doing this? like, Or maybe just the challenges in, within the job or within being a stuntman or a producer. And, and, and on the flip side, just some of the cool things that, that come from that or that you may not know. I mean, I, I tell people all the time, it's, it's, it's really one of those things that you hear the story when you're trying to come up and do it. You're, you're in a unique position doing this job. You want to call it that career path. Just knowing that even when I started, um, when you hear the staggering stats, that literally 3%, I think, was the number of people who actually can claim that they do this industry but can actually survive off it. Without so having like a waiter or a waiter job, to try yeah. to do it full time and live from. So I feel fortunate. Everyone always yeah. only looks at the best case scenario. So it's mm-hmm. always, if you're not Will Smith or Tom Cruise or this, then you must be a struggling actor. And a lot of times it is that, but people forget that there's a thousand channels and TV plays 24 hours a day. <laughs> so I think a lot of people think like, oh my gosh, you must eat bologna every night. It's like, no, I don't have to go from either caviar to bologna. I can still hang in there and eat a steak, guys. I'm good. I mean, <laughs> but, you know, I get it. If you don't know the world, then, then, then that's what it is. But um, it's, it's quite dismal. So I feel fortunate to be able to be in it this long. And that's why I wear um, multiple hats and 
venture out and do everything like you said from the stunts to the acting to voice cartoon stuff and now as you get older and your body's getting a little more banged up it's okay maybe you start shifting more to start producing or maybe coordinating or things like that to still be attached to the industry but um you know it, it, it's just one of those things where you have to truly love what you're doing or you won't be able to last in this i've met a lot of cool people along the way i've been able to travel so i feel fortunate with that i'm never someone who wants to just do a, a typical nine to five day in day out it's never been i've never been wired for that so to know that you know the complexity of getting a phone call on a monday that hey we like you for x y and z do you have certain skill set that you already have coming to the table and if not can you learn that skill set in a fast track? And so like, it's just funny. Like Chris would be like, that's so weird. You just get a call and you horseback rode before, but you're not necessarily a horseback rider, but how do you feel comfortable enough to do it? And it's like, you, you just do, you got to go in and you go and find a trainer. Hey, can you help me? And it's like, sure. That'll take six months. Like, no, I got uh, two weeks. <laughs> so <laughs> It was like, they always get a kick out of that. Cause they go, you guys are so counter to everything we teach to stay on the horse, but you guys want to learn within two weeks how to fall off of it and the horse <laughs> that this either jump off of, of a building or get lit. Um, I mean, you just, you know, par for the course. You have to definitely um, trust yourself, your skill set, and the, the team around you to be able to put your life in other people's hands and, and even your own. It's not many jobs I feel that you are constantly get that butterfly feeling. Mm. You're, you're, you're truly living right in that sense not just existing um i mean there's i don't know uh, there's a lot so of you, things you like really this. are a jack of all trades like that yeah. like you are like there's so many things that you just said from learning how to fall off a horse and off of a building and i remember one time you were trying to um tell us the time that you had to jump off a boat that was exploding in the ocean and yeah. i was like oh my god <laughs> this is just this is what you do this is a this wow. is a it wow. is. It's so, it's so cool. I love hearing that, um, that this is, and I love that you think that this is, is, is such an amazing opportunity that you get to have. And this is a career that you've made out of it. And that's, that's so unique. I love hearing that. Chris, yeah. you are an NCAA, right? Referee, mm -hmm. as well as um, the head nutritionist for the Red Bull athletes. What are some of the same, same question? What are some of the cool opportunities, um, but also paired with the unique challenges that come with, with that job? Um, I think I could easily divide that into two, like the Red Bull. Um, it's awesome because I've been very blessed to be the sports dietitian on the U S side for, um, for Red Bull. So comes that comes with some really awesome experiences, um, where it's not, um, there's not a lot of times I feel out of my comfort zone or uncomfortable. I'm beyond like grateful to be able to experience some of the things and see some of these athletes that are the best in the world at what they do. And just mm -hmm. to be kind of like in their presence and, ex and see how they're existing and how I can best support them to prepare them for, you know, we have people that like jump are like the wingsuit guys that look like bats that want to fly. Um, and then they have to be a certain weight and body fat percentage to fit into their suit. So I help them with their diet to make sure that their training and diet is, is supported to do so. Um, right now we have, um, surfers that are um, going to a competition in Australia. So um, we're, we're supporting them to make sure that they can qualify and go to the Olympics. So it's cool. You know, we, we, we do these amazing camps with some of these athletes where we bring in the best 
all around the world to push these athletes outside their comfort zone. Mm -hmm. So we'll bring in a Navy SEAL where they have to do like mental training and they don't know what they're going to do all day, but all the stuff is scary. And then we bring in like a Soleil athlete to teach them how to do yoga and like all of these experiences. And you're like, to be a professional athlete these days is, is, is amazing. You know, there's, you know, some of these camps that we get to do in Aspen with the snowboarders and they're on like the half pipe doing all these amazing tricks. And it's, it's pretty amazing to watch the best in the world at what they do. Mm-hmm. Um, and oh, yeah, and front row seat. A front mm-hmm. row seat to be able to really like help them and support them. And most of them are so good at what they do. They eat, they have, they don't even think about their nutrition. So once they do, they really start to feel that much better, recover that much faster. And a lot of times the buy-in is when they get injured and they want to get healed as quickly as possible, or they're at the end of their career and they want to hang on. Mm. And all, all that in between is building that relationship with them. So they trust me. And, um, I feel like over the years, it's, I kind of pride myself on, on the relationship piece. Uh, so the challenges would probably be with refereeing, um, it being like an NC2 referee. It's, it's amazing. Cause I get to travel, um, you know, all over the country and, and again, have a front row seat to these athletes. And like Dex and I are obsessed with sports, just like you guys. I haven't been another couple that's more obsessed with sports mm-hmm. than, than you guys, but you guys <laughs> might, might have us beat. Um, but it's an honor to serve the college athlete and be able to be at that front row seat. Uh, but it's, yeah, it's definitely a lot of sacrifice for my family. And I think the challenge for me lies um, when I, when you're in a, in a situation where you're dealing with coaches and fans and people are on edge, the coaches jobs ride on these W's and the players, you know, their playing time is, is very important to them. But when a lot of these coaches have, you know, six, seven figure jobs, the plays that you're calling at the end of the end of the game matter very much. And just a couple of weeks ago, I messed up a rule and it cost a team a game and I got in trouble. I lose a game fee. I'm, I get a verbal and, and written warning. And on top of that, you're so tore up and you're so upset. Like referees don't, we don't care who wins. We just want to keep our job. We want to know the rules. We want to do everything perfectly right so that we can just move on to the next game. Um, so it's, it's crushing and, and you know, it, oh, it's on both sides for you. and for sides, You feel horrible. Because this, this play led to the win, led to the seeding of the conference tournament. Um, so all of just that one quick decision that I messed up. So, um, you know, you're in a lot of uncomfortable situations in the game where you just want to do anything but be in that situation. But trusting that God is there with you and getting you through it and preparing you for a larger stage that I'm going to be on in the next opportunity in my career um, is kind of like what keeps me there. So what we hear you say is that referees and umpires can screw up. (laughs) Is that that what I hear you say? And you know, you know what? I tell refs that all the time and they always disagree with me. (laughs) When When I actually tell the coach that I messed it up, they are like, okay. All right. They're we, like, we don't know what to do with this. And then they leave you alone where I'm like, yeah, that was a horrible call. I'm like, you're right. I messed it up. And they're like, okay, right. <laughs> they like, don't know what to say. Because it's like a mind game. Like, exactly. It is. Oh, it's a chess match all the time. It, it's just trying to walk away from the coach. Um, 
But okay, it, with that, with walking away from the coach, okay, you got to give us an insight here. What does a coach have to do to get teed up? Um, everyone has like a different line, but they can't, they can't swear at me and follow it up with like, that was a horrible bleep bleep call. Um, they can't wave their hands there and they can't embarrass me. If you're going like this and running up and down the court wanting to travel, if you're stomping your feet, if you throw a clipboard, if you take your jacket off, if you kick the, anything that is drawing unnecessary attention, it's an automatic technical foul. And we would get in trouble if we do not call it. It's automatic. Oh, that's interesting. If we get okay. in trouble. So it's not like it's um, more, it's, there are lines and there are rules. This is a technical foul. If they do it, they will be, a technical foul will be administered. Okay. That's good to know. That's, that's right. As yeah, a coach, yeah. that's good to know that's that there's great. lines. Yeah, <laughs> you can't I'm taking notes right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, so in both of you all's professions, I, I, I am sure that being a follower of Christ in those professions come with its own set of challenges. How do you keep Christ-centered in and around you all's jobs? I can, I can start with that for a sec. Um, when it comes to basketball, um, I, I, I need, I feel like I need Jesus very close. Um, I, I pray before I go into the game, when the national anthem plays, I pray over all of the fans, the players, the coaches for no one to get injured for the safety of the players. Um, and I constantly am, whether you want to call it praying or self-talking also throughout the game to kind of get me through and keep me grounded and keep me calm. Um, so that is definitely at the center of me being able to get through my games and it's just in and out, it's become habit and routine. Mm -hmm. mm, it's good. Dex? Yeah. I mean, for me, it's, it's ironic because, um, I don't know if I would have chosen any other career path that would keep me this grounded and mm. have to rely on Christ as much mm. if I, unless I was a pastor, maybe, and maybe I'd call in a more at that point. <laughs> But it's really funny. I was saying to a friend I made recently, and I said, it's really funny how that works because in a normal day-to-day, -day, if I, I don't know, if maybe someone's at the bank or someone's, you know, technician doing something else, I don't know how much they call them. But for me, um, a lot of it, whether it's just performance-based or just to keep me safe and people around me, it's a lot of prayer. It's a lot of prayer. I mean, you're doing things that the smallest, most intricate thing is off that it, it, it literally could be lives lost you're dangling seven stories above and you're hoping that that engineer whoever rigged this first it's different when they test the safety lines and sandbags now it's humans up there and now you're calibrating how many of us and then the wind factor if you're hanging on these lines and you're downtown and it's swaying and people are taking pictures and watching this and that and you're hoping everyone's just focused because you got to go from a to b or hit a certain mark and land in a certain airbag or whatever like people don't there's a lot going on that the, the tense, so you can only train and prep so much. You just hope that everything lines up and you deliver. And it's the same when you're acting in that regard too. It's a different adrenaline rush. You're hoping that all eyes are on you. It's silent. Everyone's hearing it and you have to hit cues and know because other people are relying on it and time is money. If you screw up, it's takes. You don't, you just want to be dialed in and you, I just find it's a, it's a lot of prayer. It's a lot of prayer for myself, the crew, the cast, everyone else involved. So um yeah definitely a big 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 part of my day um when i'm on set for sure so to follow up on that you guys have both talked about in your jobs you both travel 
Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, you're not traveling together. You're apart. You're apart mm-hmm. from each other. You're apart from your kids. So traveling so much in such a crazy schedule, one, how do you keep your marriage a priority? And how do you keep your kids a priority? I mean, mm-hmm. that, that, that's got to be um, something intentionally you have to do. So h- how do you do it? Yeah, I, I feel that um, Dex and I did long distance for almost four years. And so we learned to be amazing at phone and text. And it's funny how God prepares you for that because we'll continue these careers for, you know, as long as we possibly can. But we're constantly on text, sending pictures of the kids, talking about what's going on, um, FaceTiming throughout the day. We're, so it's almost like he is with me or I'm with him like while we travel. I, there, I always tell Dex, there has never been a time that I, have ne- that I haven't been able to get a hold of Dex. And if I can't, I swear he's dead. Because I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> always worst case scenario. Why does my mind go worst case scenario? Yeah, yeah. Always. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I, I will say like one thing that is not ever been an issue in our marriage that allows us to be able to do what we do is there is so much trust and no jealousy that there's never like, well, why didn't I, you said you were going to text me date. Why, why didn't you call me? If it's something, then you're doing something. Oh, you're going to meet a girlfriend for lunch. That's awesome. Like tell her, I said, I haven't, I know you haven't seen her for a long time. Um, I, I can't even imagine what's that, what that would be like to have that in a marriage, especially with ours where we travel all the time mm-hmm. that doesn't exist. So whatever you're doing, go and do it. Have a great time. But I know you're going to call me as soon as you're done and we're good. Like it's never, and that's really one thing that I value and probably take advantage of um, because I, or take for granted because it's never been an issue. So that allows me to travel, do my thing and do my job and know that home is taken care of. And that is Dex is like the ultimate daddy daycare when I'm traveling and he's home. So he handles it. Like our kids are well taken care of. The kids are dressed. They know like when's their library book have to be returned. What are the meals? Like we are very much a hundred percent and a hundred percent in our marriage. And if it wasn't like that, I wouldn't be able to pursue both of my, the careers that I love so much. I would have to be home. So we definitely step it up. Wouldn't. And we always make sure that one parent is home 95% of the time. So if I am gone for basketball, Dex will pick and choose the projects that he's going to accept because we don't want our kids to be away from either of us for too long. That's awesome. So it sounds like you guys are the ultimate team, right? Like you, you guys are the ultimate team to make this work. Yeah. And, it, and that's the mindset that you guys have is you guys are in this family, in this marriage, in these careers together. It's, it's you all's she, when she succeeds, you all succeed. Dex, mm. when you succeed, you both succeed, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. That's, that's the only way this works. We just said a long time ago that, you know, it's a, it's a commitment and we, we know that we know that, um, like you said, these aren't normal quote unquote careers <laughs> to put each of us in these. And at the end of the day, I just don't want to be a, a statistic in mm. when it comes to that. And we, we've talked about that. I've been doing this long enough where I've, I've been on sets. I've been in rooms when they're prepping and I look around and I can, you know, it's nothing against a, a knock on, on the people that I, I work with. It's just at a certain point, you, you've got to be able to say no and turn down some things because you, you look at it and it, it's, you know, it's disheartening to be in a room with 40 people and 38 of them are on their second or third marriage. 
mm-hmm. and it obviously wasn't finance is a problem because they have more than enough money. But at the end of the day, no one wants to be with someone and they're just never there. So right. what happens? That's when those things can creep into the marriage. Um, they're just not on the same page with that. So, you know, I'm grateful when I get out projects with, with people who are kind of of the same mindset. They, they get it, you know. It's very easy to get pulled into that, you know, if you're doing a 16, 17-hour day with people and then when it's done, some people want to go straight home and actually maybe see their wife or kids before <laughs> they get up for work or whatever. And some still want to go out and hang out or go to the bar or go here. It's like, no, you can get ribbed for that. You know, it's just the normal, you know, front house kind of things that happen that you have to be above it to be able to say, no, no, I actually want it. Marriage to work. So this is. Right. <laughs> I love that. I love that you guys are so. You, you're so you had your individuals. You all have your your each individual passions, but your together passion mm-hmm. is your marriage, your family, and your faith. And that's what I love yeah. about you all. Okay, it's time for our two our our two minute drill, which is our one of our favorite parts. So, um, Chris has the timer. Um, when he says go, I'm going to ask you guys as many questions as we can get through in this two minutes and we'll have okay. a, a little buzzer goes off and right. ready. Oh, yeah. That's a fun little Both answer it. What is your favorite movie? Oh, good. Shawshank Redemption. Um, I really love the notebook. Okay. Okay. Um, if you could be any superhero, who would you be? <laughs> I would be Sonic because Dom would be so excited that I was Sonic. <laughs> He's obsessed with Sonic. Okay. Uh, uh, yeah. These are so I gotta hard. go to Black Panther just oh, because I think that was the most picturesque place I've ever seen. Yes. Oh. Okay. Okay. Wakanda. Wakanda forever. Let's go. Wakanda That's right. If you could hang out with anyone for a day, who would it be? LeBron James. Ah, okay. Hands down. Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) A little bit more of a job for me. Um, I think God loves... I think God loves Dex a little more right I now. I love LeBron, but I mean, that'd be a great conversation I'd like to have. I mean, <laughs> might have worn him a few things. I feel like a horrible person. I might have worn him a few people. Go ahead. Okay, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask this because I, I really need to know because I know you guys, nutrition, and you guys take care of your body so much. But what is your favorite junk food? Mm. Oh, man. I'm going to go with like a warm cookie with ice cream on top. Oh, wow. I'll do a lot. I'll answer for Dex. Dex doesn't like dessert. He wants to eat a lot of food. Yeah. What's a junk food that I like? He Um, doesn't. uh, He wants to eat more chicken. Yeah. I'd I'd rather eat the poison food. I'll be honest. That that is so disappointing that you don't have a favorite junk food. All right. Dex, what is your favorite quality about Chris? You got 10 seconds. Resilience. Mm -hmm. And Chris, what would you say about Dex? Um, integrity. Mm, let's go. Yay! <laughs> you guys did it. Congratulations. Hold, hold on. We got, I've got to revisit this. <laughs> Dex, were you in the notebook? No. Because your <laughs> wife's favorite movie 
It's I know, not right? that you're involved with. I know. I, I said I could have plugged my own tube. I thought, <laughs> yeah, I love classic. Uh, I was such a fan. Oh my gosh, I failed twice. You did. I that was horrible. Jesus and my husband. Right? Dark wrong. Bullets, still I, on Amazon. Oh my still god. Still on that Amazon. That is hilarious. That is hilarious. Of oh course, god. you guys completely lived up to what everything <laughs> that thought to, today was going to be. We cannot thank you guys enough for joining. Oh, us thank you guys. Uh, you are fantastic. Thank you you us. can you this can thank wonderful. us by coming over for dinner, again. right? It's deal. A deal. Yes. Deal. It. it is a date. Well, thank you guys, and for thank the you. next time, um, where we hear from more people about their stories about God's and about ours. Amen. Thank you. for listening to the podcast. Sarah and I love getting to share other people's stories. If you could just do us a couple favors. One, if you could just subscribe to the Hello with Kristen and Sarah podcast. Two, review it. If you liked it, you didn't like it, or somewhere in between, that just really helps us to develop the content and just the questions that we ask our guests. And third, just share it. If it's something that you enjoyed or administered to you or you think others would like it, please just share it with them. And until next time, when you huddle up with Chris and Sarah Roberts.